You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Come on, who's excited for today? Who's excited for all in Sunday? It's a good thing. Well, worship team, you've been incredible. Thank you so much. How good was worship this morning? Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, you know, I love being in Salt Lake City. I just, I got to say it. The only thing I, I'm not a huge fan of is the heat. And I've told a couple people that. I promise it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, I'm from San Diego. It's sunny, 75. It's a little bit of windy. If it ever gets to like 85 there, I'm complaining. I just got to stop because I got friends on the East Coast who have this and humidity. And it's like, that's terrible. Um, I don't know how people live in that, but God bless them for doing that. And, uh, and your pastors, how incredible are your pastors, Pastor Vince and Becca? If there's anything they know how to do, it's have fun. And so I know that out here, you know, we'll get a lot done. God will see, you know, the kingdom advance, but you guys are going to have fun doing it. And, uh, and they're two of the greatest people I know, two of our greatest friends. And so thankful that we get to come out here and be with you. And, uh, and I was talking to a few people this, you know, this week and just thinking about Salt Lake City and, and, and how progressing, like, this, this city is advancing. This city is, is, is something new is happening. And, uh, and I know I've, I've heard it a couple times before, but it's now being called, because all the tech companies are coming in, is like the Silicon Slopes, right? You have like the Silicon Valley, you have the Silicon Slopes. That's kind of a cool title. Uh, and I thought about how cool it is that all these tech companies are coming in. Um, but one tech company that you guys don't have that I'm pretty big fan of is, uh, is Apple. Got any Apple fans in here? Okay, everybody else, it's Android people. I don't quite understand you. Um, I'll pray for you after. We'll do an altar call for that. But, uh, but I love Apple. I mean, I have, I have an iPad. I've got an iPhone. I've got, a, I've got AirPods. I've got a MacBook. I mean, I've got, I've got it all. And, uh, and one of my favorite things about Apple is this cool feature they have on our iPhones called the fingerprint unlock. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think it's one of the coolest things that you could invent. Um, it saves energy. Like, I don't have to do my four print you know, like I'm saving, I'm saving calories being burned, you know, which might not be a good thing. I think I need to burn some, but uh, it saves energy. And it also keeps my phone locked from all my coworkers at church office when they want to do crazy things on my phone and, you know, post on my social media. I'm like, nope, that thing's locked. And that thing has only got my fingerprint. It kind of makes me feel like James Bond. That's a kind of cool thing for a guy like me to feel like James Bond. I'm very grateful that Apple has given me that. And, and what I found is just how the fingerprint unlocks our iPhone, so has God designed our lives to unlock his purpose here on earth. You see, your life is actually designed to unlock other people. Your life is designed, uniquely designed, to unlock, unlock communities, unlock businesses, and unlock cities. So what is the impact that God wants you to leave with your unique fingerprint? Because if we want to unlock our destiny, experience fulfillment, and live the life, the greatest it can be, which is God's desire for you, then we must serve. We must be all in. So the title of this message today is Unlocked. Let's see, we got, boom, look at that. All those keys. I think that's actually from Paris. There's a cool bridge there that has a bunch of keys there. Don't have time for that story, but it's a great story if you look it up. So I'm on Sunday. I know it can have different connotations and different crowds and different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. But really all it is, it's actually a lot less about getting you to serve on our team because we need you, and it's actually a lot more about unlocking the destiny on the inside of you. So you see, God's created this desire in us to be great. 
every single person here, whether you've suppressed it or whether you've embraced it, has an innate desire that God created you with to be great. Now, that looks different for different people. I'm not saying that everyone has a desire to preach from stage. I'm not saying that everybody has a desire to lead worship like Kelsey, even though she's incredible. And I'm not saying like everybody has a desire to be, you know, this billionaire, but we all have a different desire to be great. Because it's not like you wake up one day or anybody wakes up one day and they're like, man, I can't wait to like be terrible today. I can't wait to be so mediocre. I can't wait for my life to be so average. Nobody says that. And if you do, I'll pray for you along with the Android users after service. But the good news is, if we have this desire, it's not like God didn't know. He's like, oh, did, what, they, they want to be great? What do I do about that? I didn't plan for that. It's like God created that in you. So he actually has a pathway for you to unlock that greatness and that pathway is called serving. That pathway is called being all in. And he talks about that in Matthew 20, verse 26. We don't have it up here um, because you can go look it up, but he just says, whoever desires to be great among you shall serve. That's really it. He makes it really simple. And Jesus calls this pathway discipleship. Now, discipleship is three things, and discipleship is actually a choice. So we follow Jesus, we begin our relationship with God, and then we must choose to be discipled by him. Because discipleship is really just these three things. So if you're taking notes today, which I recommend, might not make a difference if you get into heaven or not, but it's a good thing just to take notes anyway in case you get up there and need to remember some things. (laughs) Number one, love God. It's pretty easy. Love people. Not as easy, but still doable. And number three, serve God's purpose but it's a decision we have to make after we receive salvation. You see, there's a a scripture that I'm going to go to in a second from Luke 14. We're not going to put it up just yet, but I want you to understand the context before we read it, because sometimes you can read this, and if you read it out of context, you'll be like, wow, that's crazy. Jesus is pretty radical. I mean, he is pretty radical, but I want to paint a little bit of context here, because what we're about to read is Jesus talking to a crowd. So he's talking to a service. He's talking to a large group of people that started to follow him because they saw all these signs, they saw these wonders, they saw these miracles. Their lives started getting blessed just by being around him. And he wanted to make something clear. And, and the passage we're going to read is going to be called the cost of discipleship. And that's what Jesus calls us to. But what he's talking about is not as literal as it sounds. What he's actually looking at is being a disciple of Christ means we prioritize God above all. It's not like one, two, three. It's like God is above all and then I have the rest. That is in regards to my family. That's in who I listen to. That's in who I get my teaching from. That's in how I make decisions. I don't make decisions based on just what my wife wants or just what my business says or just what my finances say. I make my decisions based on what God says because God's word is infallible. God's word will perform exactly what it's meant to. And so we'll dive into this um, right now. We'll go to Luke 14, verse 25. Now, Great multitudes went with him. They went with Jesus. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, I know, I told you, I told you, he's going to get a little crazy, (laughs) brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now remember, God is not saying for you to emotionally hate your wife. This is not permission, husbands, to be rude. This is not permissions, parents, to leave your children. This is not any of that. What he's actually saying is prioritizing. What he's saying is who do you listen to when you're making decisions about your life? Because the same God that says do this is the same God that actually said honor your mother and your father. So in his, one of his first 10 commandments, the only 10 that he made, 
He's not going to go against his word. God never changes his mind. So you have to understand the context in which he's saying. He's saying, above all, prioritize me. Your allegiance is with me, and your life will improve. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid down the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Ha ha. Not so funny. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. That sounds like a tough day. Or else, why, or while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. So I know, a little intense. Let's all breathe. Everyone just, just breathe. It's going to be okay. So there's two ways to actually view this scripture. And we get to choose how we view it. And I've found it's actually the same two ways that God helps us to see tithing. It's one of two ways. Because it's actually not about the thing. It's about the heart. Because I'm going to know God's after our heart. The first way we can look at is the way the devil wants you to look at it. I don't personally recommend looking at it this way. But it's your choice. This is deceiving. This is the lens of the world. God is trying to take something from me. He's trying to control me. And he's trying to make my life miserable. That's what it sounds like being a disciple is if you're looking through the lens of Satan. Now, the challenge with this viewpoint is that God is a loving father. So why would a loving father want your life to be miserable? He wouldn't. So you got to just figure out if you have that mindset, if you're having those thoughts when I read that scripture, or when you hear about going all in, or you hear about serving or tithing, it might just be a question of, well, how am I viewing this? It might just be a, a viewpoint change. The second way we can view it is the way I do recommend. Um, but once again, it's your choice. And that's God's way of looking at it. Matthew 10, verse 39 says, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, I've got a question. What if God was actually, instead of trying to control you, was attempting to set you free and empower you into his destiny for you? You see, I found that how we view serving is often a reflection of our revelation of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we see this painted really clearly in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. And what happens is Jesus and the Pharisees, so Jesus and the religious people are hanging out. He went to dinner with them, and, uh, and they basically didn't show him any, any hospitality. They were just like, here, come eat. And uh, what happens is someone who came in, a woman came in, who the whole town knew she was a sinner, but they wouldn't acknowledge their own sin in their life. Kind of funny how that works. Willing to call people out for their own, but won't look at, it's okay, another topic. <laughs> And, uh, and so she comes in and pours out this alabaster jar of oil, this expensive jar of oil on Jesus' feet and begins to wash his feet. And some of you are saying that's very strange. Uh, why would someone do that? Well, it's because they walked around, you know, they got pretty dirty, their feet were roughed up, and so they smelled. You know, they didn't have deodorant back then. So that was kind of the nice thing to do for, you know, hospitality. And so that's what this woman does. So it's after this, and the Pharisees say, don't you know, Jesus, who this woman is? Don't you know she's a sinner? Why would you let her come in this house and do that? Aren't you aware? And so what Jesus is actually sharing is from that place. Verse 47, he says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. That's why she did it. She did it out of love. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. But the trick is, some of us are not forgiven little, and some of us forgiven much. It's actually a paradox. We've all been forgiven much. Because sin is not, one sin is not greater than the other. Sin simply means to miss the mark. So whether you're two inches from the mark or whether you're 20 feet from the mark, like my life was, or maybe a lot worse, um, you are still missing the mark. 
So whether you miss the Sabbath in the Old Testament, which is a sin, if you miss the Sabbath, or you kill someone, it's actually still sin, and it's all the same. We all need Jesus just as much as the next person. Whether you grew up in church or whether you didn't, we all need Jesus' gift of salvation. You see, we cannot earn salvation. It's a free gift, which is actually really great news, especially for me, um, because serving is not about earning salvation through works. Salvation is God's gift to us, but what we do next is our gift back to God. And a lot of people would ask, well, what's the greatest thing I can do for God? Because it seems like he's got everything, which is true. He does kind of have everything because he is everything. But remember, God is a loving father. And I've talked to a lot of parents. Tanae and I are parents yet. Um, Y'all keep trying to rush us, but we're on our way. We're making our way there. And uh, in time, yeah. And, uh, And what happens is, you know, parents would say, well, if you want to do something nice to me, just bless my kids. Just, just do something nice for my kids. Just serve my kids. And I've, I've just heard that so much that it had me think, well, if we could only do something for God, if we're like, God, what can I do for you? He would probably say, why don't you serve my kids? Why don't you do something for my kids? So that's actually the greatest thing we can do for God is serve his children, which is what serving is all about. You see, Paul the Apostle's revelation of what Christ for him sounded like this in 2 Corinthians 12, 15. He said, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. He didn't say, and I will gladly spend and be spent for God. Even though he was doing it unto God, he was actually doing it for people. He was serving other people. So sure, can you receive your free gift of salvation and not reciprocate back to God through giving him your whole life in the context of your serving and in the context of your time and your money? Sure. Will your life be as awesome here on earth and will your destiny be fulfilled? Definitely not. So I wouldn't recommend it once again. But if you want your life to be as amazing as God planned it and to serve his greatest purpose for you, we must be all in. Because if Jesus went all in for us on the cross, I think the least we can do back as a response is to be all in for him. So there are three things that happen for your life when we go all in. So if you're taking notes, the first one is when we go all in, we connect to God's vision and community for our life. You see, our vision will always be found within God's vision. Your vision will never be bigger than God's vision. And I can tell you that because he wants, and his will is that we make disciples of all nations, that we reach every single person for the purpose of Jesus Christ, that every soul is in heaven. That's actually his will. Now, whether that happens or not is how we choose or not choose to go all in. And how he's planning on accomplishing that is by building his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, I don't know about you, but if, I wanna, if I'm going to build something, if I'm going to put my vision under something, it might as well be the thing that God is building here on earth. Just a thought. And, you know, I've met some people, and I don't quite understand this philosophy of like, well, I really love God, and I have the best relationship with God, but I don't like the church. I don't want to go all in with the church. Well, that's a little bit of an issue for me because, you see, uh, husbands, just to talk to you real quick, do you have a best friend that does not like your wife? Probably not. If you do, I should probably also pray for you after and give you a couple <laughs> thoughts of advice. Doesn't go well, just end of the day. But that's exactly what we're telling God because his bride is the church. So if we say, I love you, God, but I don't like the church, I'm sorry, but that relationship is not going to go too well for you. And you might be living in a little bit of denial. Just a thought. Just a thought. 
You see, if I want my vision hitched to something, I'm going to hitch it to the very thing that God is building. I love nonprofits. I love other organizations that do wells and they dig wells and they build schools and do all that. And we are doing that as a church. But if I'm going to hitch my life to one thing, if I, don't want to, if I want my business to flourish, if I want my marriage to flourish, if I want my life to flourish, I've got to attach it to the thing that God is building here on this earth. And that's why I'm thankful that we have a pastor in Jurgen and Leanne that have such a big vision that mine can come under that. Winning Salt Lake City for Jesus? I mean, how many people is this place? There's a lot of people up in here. That is a lot of disciples to be made. And that's not going to happen unless our businesses flourish. That's not going to happen unless our lives continue to grow. That's not going to happen unless our marriages are epic that attract other people, unless we're passionate in living life as God designed it. So I don't know about you, but that's what gets me excited every morning to get out of bed because Salt Lake City has a destiny. And it's for Jesus to be exalted. And the beautiful thing is God doesn't actually want us doing this alone. It's why he actually gave us other people. The question is, what if your destiny was actually connected to other people? It's why in C3 we prioritize people and relationships above everything, above task, above everything, because God actually works through relationships to accomplish his purpose. You see, anyone who's ever accomplished anything of significance did so with a team. I got some sports fans up in here. I think Utah's a better, better sports town than San Diego, unfortunately. Um, it's just unfortunate. But I love coming out here because every time I use a sports analogy, I get some exciting feedback. Um, so Michael Jordan, right? I would say the GOAT, the greatest of all time in basketball. I would say the best of the best. Um, and, and he didn't do it by himself. He had a team, right? Tom Brady. Ugh, I know. I'm not a big fan either. It's okay. I know. That's worth it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm actually totally okay with that because I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. But I don't need any booze for that. Nope, nope, nope. Not today. Not today. Tom Brady, widely regarded, not by me, just by the media, as one of the best to ever play, had a team. And Jesus Christ, definitely the GOAT. Definitely the greatest who ever was, is, and is to come. Did not do it by himself, even though he could have. He built a team. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. Because... One man, if he falls down, can pick another up. That's why we have team. That's why we go all in, because we know we can't actually fulfill God's plan for our life by ourselves. And about a year ago, I was three years into being saved. I was pushing hard, doing everything I could, um, you know, obviously serving in church on staff. And, you know, we have a business and doing all this stuff. And, and I started to get a little bit fatigued. I started to see signs of potential burnout because nobody's unsusceptible to burnout, but it's actually how you handle that when it starts to come. It's actually how you handle those emotions, those feelings, when you want to quit, when you want to stop serving, when you want to just like, just be by yourself. It's actually the, the worst thing you can do. The best thing you can do is be on team like Bethany said. The best thing you can do for your life, for your health, for your family, even when you're not feeling like it, is to continue being on team. And, and I went to a friend of mine because I was, I was literally at a point where I started just, I stopped, I just kind of was going through the motions. And and one of my buddies who I'd been serving with for a while, who he'd been great friends with, I went over to his house and, because you can't do this with everybody. You can't necessarily take your mask off with everybody, but you should have a few people. That's why we have team. That's why we have connect groups so you can actually take your mask off and say, hey, this is what I'm walking through. Hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you pray for me? What do you think? Like, what's going on? And I remember I was just telling him what was going on and how I was just kind of feeling down and I wasn't sure what to do. And, uh, and I'd been kind of feeling like that for a few months. And I remember him saying, he's like, no, man. He's like, this isn't how, this isn't how Alex Klott lived. This isn't how your story, this is not how this is going to go. You've been lied to. You've been deceived. That discouragement is not from God. 
that feeling of like you're not doing enough, that's not from God. You are called to this. And he kept encouraging me. He kept prophesying over me. And I left that night being like, you know what? I'm going to start believing. I'm going to stop entertaining these negative thoughts. I'm going to stop and I'm going to start feeding myself with what God says about me again and began to get refreshed and began. But that's why we do life in community, because the reality is if I was just doing this thing, me and God, I would have been burned out 10 times up by now. And I've only been saved four and a half years. Like, I would have legit, that's why God gave us people. It's why he gave us team. Because if we want longevity, we got to be on team. The second thing that happens when we go all in is we're developed through God's process. Now, we were wired from creation. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give a hope and a purpose. So God has already given us his purpose. And he's actually already given us the gifts and the talents we need to fulfill that purpose. So if we already have the gifts and the talents, and we already have the purpose, why am I not living in that right now? It's a good question. But I found it's because the gap between vision and fulfillment is always process. You see, just like how raw materials need to be processed before being used in final construction, so do we need to be processed before God can actually use us in his plan for us. Joseph, in the Bible, had a vision. He had the vision, and then it took 13 years before that thing came to pass. He had to be processed. David was anointed king at age 14, and it took him 16 years of going through hell and being developed into the king that God had planned for him to be. Jesus knew what he was meant to do in terms of his mission, his calling, his purpose, at least at the very latest by the time he was 12. It took 18 years before he even started his ministry. If you don't understand and embrace process, you'll live in perpetual frustration trying to make your dream happen all by yourself. But when we need to refine gold, gold doesn't resist going through the refining fire because gold knows in order for it to get from raw material to refined gold, it needs to go through some fire. So in the same way, we must not neglect the process that God wants to take us through because it's not overnight and it's going to take some time and it's going to take some iron sharpening iron, which isn't necessarily pretty all the time. It's going to take some leaders challenging you on some different mindsets, some different thought patterns, some different beliefs, but at the ultimate purpose is going to come to pass in your life if you submit to that. And uh, it was funny, a few months ago, I will, I will not say which campus this was at. It wasn't here, so you guys are lucky. But um, I was, I was, I don't remember, I was in the foyer, and uh, I had just preached, I think, the week before, and this guy on a certain team that wears blue shirts on Sundays, um, I think it was his first week, so I'm just going to say that. He came up to me, and he was like, oh, man, you know, great preach last week. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. You know, God's good, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he's, like, he's like, are you a pastor? I was like, no, I'm not a pastor. And he's like, you're not a pastor? Well, why am I not preaching then? I just laughed because I didn't want to, like, get into that right then. Uh, I told his team lead, I was like, hey, man, just FYI, I might need to have a conversation at some point. But, you see, I had a vision of me preaching when I first got saved because God shows you visions. God shows you what's to come. But there's process. It's not like I saw that and then the next Sunday I was preaching. It took years of being processed. It took, I started on the high team. I was faithful there. Got developed there, had some awkward conversations there with my team lead. And then I started the internship. And then I got a lot of fun conversations in the internship. And then I was serving in young adults. And then I was serving. And it took years of God processing before he unlocks you into your destiny. So it doesn't happen overnight. And trust me, you don't want the platform that God has for you before you're ready. 
Whatever that platform looks like, it doesn't have to look like this. You don't want that thriving business that God has promised you, that billion dollar. You don't want that before you're ready because that's what we see with lottery winners all the time. They get it and they're not ready for it and it completely bankrupts them four years later. You want to be submitted to God's process because I found that God is actually not impressed with our gift because he gave it to us. Bible says he actually gives us gifts without repentance. So you may think, yeah, I'm thriving in business. That's all me. It's not. God gave you that gift, and he allows you to use it for him or not for him. I'd recommend you start using it for him because you're working in the natural right now, but what would happen if you started putting a super on that natural in your finances, in your workplace, in how you serve, and how you... Just a thought. You see, God is actually more concerned with what we do with our gifts. And we see that in the parable of the talents where, you know, the master gives one talent one, he gives another talent two, and he gives another talent five. And he says, hey, I'm going to come back and check how you did with that. The guy with one talent was like, he, he saw God and he saw lack. He saw God and he saw wicked. He saw God through that first lens. We talk about that demonic lens that God wants to take from you. So he went and buried it, did nothing with it. The other two guys, they traded, they did business, they multiplied their talents because they knew their master was a good guy. And that he was going to reward them. So that being faithful with very little then turned into rulers over cities when the master came back and saw that they had multiplied their talents. You see, God promotes through faithfulness, which is actually really great news for you and me because that means that it's not up to me to promote. You see, the Bible says that we plant and we water, but God brings the increase, which means that it's not up to you to make your dream come to pass. Promotion belongs to the Lord. If God builds it, he sustains it. If you build it, you've got to sustain it. I choose the former every single time because that's a lot less pressure on me to do what God wants to do in me. And that means that our heart, that what is in our heart, which is our vision, will be brought about through how we handle what's in our hand. And I'm about to say something that's going to unlock somebody in here, so you better pay attention. The question I have for you is what is in your heart to do? What's the dream? What's the vision? What's the thing? And I want you to actually picture that right now. What's that thing that God has shown you that you were meant to do? The answer to that is what is in your hand. Because as you are faithful with little, God will bring that thing to pass. God always brings what's in your heart to pass through what's in your hand. What you have in your hand right now is enough to get you to the next season. What you have in your hand right now is enough to get you where God wants to get you. If you want to own your own business, are you faithful with your current employer's business, right. a.k.a. your job? If you're faithful with another man's vision, God will give you your own. Yeah. Is your heart here to lead at church? Well, are you faithful with where you're serving now? Right. Is your heart to be a big giver? Well, are you tithing and stretching above and beyond into vision builders right now, even if it doesn't seem like a big gift? Because as we're faithful with little, God will bring us much. You might feel like you're being used to build a church, but what if God was actually using the church to build you? Yeah into the person that could actually handle the vision that he's given you. It's different ways to think about it. The last point, and if the keys could come up, that'd be awesome, is when we go all in, we are empowered into God's destiny for us. You see, I found that when we build God's house, he builds ours. You see, the devil wants you to think that if you build God's house, it will actually take from you, that you will lose out, and that life will not be nearly as awesome as it could have been if you just avoided church, if you just avoided commitment, if you just avoided going all in. But if I could be really honest with you, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, I found that building God's house is actually a foolproof, full, foolproof, foolproof way of ensuring that my family ends up where it needs to end up, that my finances grow, that my life 
is accomplishing the purpose that God intended for it. You see, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27, it says that instead, God chose the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. You see, it doesn't make sense to the world that if you give God your money, that he's actually going to give it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You see, it doesn't make sense to the world that as you serve and freely offer your time to God, that he will ensure that your business and that your life flourish in ways that are unimaginable to you right now. You see, it doesn't make sense to the world that if you give, give God everything, you give him all of you, you go all in, that God will actually make your dreams come to pass. He'll give you everything that you've always dreamed of. You see, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, if we seek God's priority, if we go all in in our response to what God did for us, he will actually add those things which we were seeking. He'll add that financial increase. He'll add that marriage that is epic that you've always dreamed of. He'll add those relationships that you've always wanted, that community you've always desired. He'll add those dreams if you would just go all in. If you would just seek him first, he will add everything that you had been striving for, that you have been working for, that you have been doing everything in your might to do. Trust me, friend, stop striving. Just seek God. Just build his house and watch him build yours. You see, King David, who we were talking about a little bit earlier, he understood this more than anyone in the Old Testament. He spent his life serving God. He spent his life worshiping God. He was all in. And then at the end of it, he contributed $3 billion, billion with a B, of his own treasury to build the temple that his son was going to build for God. And it became one of the seven wonders of the world. You see, God said of David, a man after my own heart. Because David understood that it actually wasn't about his time that God wanted. It wasn't just his money. It was his heart. You see, Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we say that a lot as in treasure relates to money, and it does. But I found that our second greatest treasure is often our time. And sometimes those can flip just depending on what season you're in. You see, God is not actually after your time, and he's not after your money. God is simply after your heart. And he knows if he can get those two things, he'll get your heart. You see, King David knew if he could give God everything, that God would give him everything that he asked for. And he did. You see, when I first came to church four and a half years ago, I had spent the first part of my life doing the opposite of Matthew 6.33, of seeking my dreams, seeking my desires, seeking everything that I wanted, fame, success, glory, all that stuff. And none of it came to pass. All I found was that I was left unfulfilled. I was left empty. I was in debt. I was in the worst place you could possibly be. And I was as close as you could probably get to fully depressed and ready to, to do something I would have regretted. And it was at that moment when I met God that I encountered God, that I got invited to church, that I began to see a different way of living, that I began to see that the secret wasn't in me doing this by myself, that the secret wasn't in me building my own life. The secret was actually in building God's. And if I could just give him everything, if I could just go all in, that my dreams would come to pass. And all I had was a word. All we ever have is a word. And then it's up to us whether we believe what God says or whether we trust what the dialogue that the world is saying. 
You don't have time to serve. You don't have the money to give. You don't have, why would you go all in? You've got to handle all this stuff. You've got to do with all this stuff. Trust me, friends, this time here on earth is very short. Eternity is a very long time. I would rather live getting to the end of my life, saying I gave God everything, and wow, surprise, I might have had a little bit of regret. But God is a good God. He wouldn't allow that. If you go all in for him, you'll get to the end of your life, and you'll say, wow, I don't regret a single thing. I don't regret a single thing because that dream came to pass, that thing came to pass. You see, because I went all in, God said, I know that, that, that wife that you desire, I will give you her. And I have the most beautiful girl in the world as my wife. And I would not have her if I didn't go all in. God said, I know you want your finances to flourish because you were in a really bad place before this. If you just tithe, if you trust me, if you go all in, watch what I do to build your house. And so he has done that. Hey, I know you have these dreams. I know you have, you, you have these desires. Just build my house, just serve, just trust me. I'm gonna promote you. When nobody else sees what you're doing, I see you because I bring increase and he has done all of that. I am in my assignment, I am on purpose and I'm 26 years old. I don't know many people my age that can say that but it's only because of the goodness of God. It's only because I trusted what he said and I took a step of faith and we can all do that today. The good news is my story is your story because God has no favorites and if he'll do it for me, He'll do it for you. All he wants is your heart. You see, the life you've always dreamed of is on the other side of going all in. So what's your next step? Maybe for you, it's joining the team and serving for the very first time. You can do that today with our team. We'll find the best fit for you because it's not about what we need. It's about what talents and gifts that God has inside of you that we can help you develop. Maybe for you, it's actually committing to showing up regularly and contributing at a new level on your team that you're currently serving on. Today, you can make that decision. Hey, I'm gonna be, re- I'm gonna be committed. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna have the intention to. Leave. I'm gonna have the intention to show up with everything I got. Or maybe for you, you were once all in. And I honestly imagine there's a few people like that here today that you were once all in. You said, Alex, I've heard this before. I've done this before, but I got hurt you know, a leader did this to me or this happened or a relationship got rubbed the wrong way or I got offended. Okay. I've had some bad broccoli before, but I still eat broccoli. I've definitely had some bad sushi before, but trust me, I still eat sushi. God's plan for you is not void. God's plan for you is not finished. Trust me, if you get back in, if you get healed up, if you get around some people and say, hey, you know what? I'm hurting, but I know that God has a future for me because it says so then I'm gonna step into that. I'm gonna get healed up and I'm gonna get back on team. I can promise you that all in will result in God's plan and destiny becoming unlocked in your life. So know what your next step is today. Figure out where you're at and then be ready to do that because your destiny will come to pass if we take that step of faith. So as we close, I'd love if everyone could bow your heads and close your eyes. I just wanna pray for a couple different people. So the first group of people I wanna pray for is those who, I've been talking about this guy named Jesus. I've been talking about God a lot. And, and some of you may say, you know, I don't, I don't know who that is. I've never actually, uh, I've never heard of him. Or, or maybe I have, but I don't, really, I don't really know what he wants with my life. Trust me, friends, your life is in much better hands with God than it is just in yourself. And I can tell you that because in 22 years of living my life my own way, it was death, destruction, torment, all those things. But in the four and a half years since I gave my life to God through what Jesus Christ did on the cross, through believing that he is the son of God, believing that he rose again on the third day and stepping away from my past life and moving forward into the life he had me, 
my life has done nothing but flourish. And it hasn't been perfect, but man, it's been a lot better than it was before. And friend, God is inviting you today to come into relationship with him. And all it takes is a recognizing that he is Lord. It's a recognizing that he is God and saying, hey, I want to be in relationship with him. Or maybe the second type of person is maybe you once walked with God, maybe you grew up in church, but you're saying, I don't have that relationship with God that we used to. I fell away, I walked away, I ran away, but I'm far from God and I need to come back today. Friend, life is better with God. Life is better in the community of God. Life is better when you make Jesus Lord. So in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands just so I know who I'm praying for. I know that I can include you in my prayer. And the third type of person you're saying today, Alex, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going when this thing is all over. I don't know. I know I've heard of heaven. I've heard of hell. Friend, I'll tell you that how we respond to Jesus in this life will determine where we spend the next. And if you say yes to Jesus today, you'll secure your place in eternity in heaven with him. Because hell is not a bad place. It's not this. It's, it's just a place where God doesn't exist, which is a really bad place. And he doesn't want you to spend your eternity there. So if you're any one of those three people, you're saying, I've never accepted Christ into my life and I want to begin a relationship with God. Or you're saying, I fell away from God. I'm far from God, but I want to come back. Or you're saying, I want to know that I'm going to heaven. I want to know that I am in the book of life. I just want you to, on the count of three, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. One, friend, God loves you. Two, I promise you'll never be the same. Three, if you could just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I see your hand right here, beautiful, incredible. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands in the back. I see your hands. Beautiful. I'm just going to wait another 20 seconds because someone waited for me. Friend, if your heart's beating really fast right now, that's God knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, I want, I want in. I want you to know I see your hand at the back. Beautiful. Is there just two more? Are there just two more? Ten more seconds. Friend, don't wait. Don't leave here today without making this decision today. So just one more. Incredible. Incredible. Well, church, can we stand to our feet real quick? What I want to do is I want to, I want to pray a prayer together. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some of our team come and connect with you if you raised your hand, and then I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Vince. But we're all going to pray this prayer together. And then what you pray, for those of you that you raised your hand, I want you to pray with all your heart, with all your might, because this is inviting Jesus Christ, the living God, to come inside of you. But come on, say this together with me, church. Jesus, I trust you. I surrender my life to you. I turn away from my past and I look to you for my future. I declare you are my savior and you are my Lord. I will follow you for the rest of my life. And I declare that the rest of my life will be the best of my life in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we all cheer and give a round of applause for those who made that decision? So if you raise your hand, some of our team is gonna come and connect with you. They have an I'm all insured, or they're just gonna say, hey, can I come take a minute and pray with you and give you a gift? That's all they wanna do is take that minute to do that. So allow them to do that. And then friends, before we hand over to Pastor Vince, I do wanna pray for some people here today. If you're saying, Alex, if you're that third type of person that said, Alex, I was once all in, but I got hurt. And I don't know if I could take that step, but I want healing today. And I wanna make that step. I wanna change something. If you could just lift your hand so I know who that is. 
just just so I know who that is that needs healing today. Father, I thank you for each and every hand lifted. God, I thank you that your hand right now, that your spirit is upon them, that you are healing past hurts, that offenses are being disintegrated, that they are stepping over and stepping into the plan that you have for their life. Father, I thank you that your plan is greater, that your call is greater, that your purpose is greater than whatever held them in the past. And I thank you that them going all in, they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to c3saltlakecity.com.